This is episode 34 of the Deeper Than Work podcast, five salary limiting mistakes top performers make on their resume. If you're about to be on a job search or you're currently in a job search and you are sending your resume in to job application after job application and hearing nothing back, when you know you're qualified, you're a top performer, you know that you're qualified, then this episode is for you. Welcome to Deeper Than Work, a podcast for high-achieving and ambitious women ready to make more money, have more impact, and thrive at work and life. And now, here's your host, Dorianne St. Fleur, HR expert, career coach, and breaker of glass ceilings. This episode is brought to you by Six Figure Resume, my all new online course focused on helping you learn the stress-free way to build your six-figure interview snatching resume from scratch, even if you're not a professional writer. Head on over to yourcareergirl.com slash blog slash episode 34 and sign up for Six Figure Resume today. So welcome to episode 34 of the podcast. I'm your host, Dorianne St. Fleur. I am a salary strategist and HR expert and creator of online career coaching boutique for women professionals, Your Career Girl. So welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is your first time, I'm so glad that you're here, that you're joining us, that you're hanging out with us on the Deeper Than Work podcast. If you're a longtime listener, hey girl, welcome back for another episode. I am so pumped about this episode this week. We are talking about five salary limiting mistakes top performers make on their resume. Now, full disclosure, if you're a part of my Facebook group, the Career Success Circle, head on over to the show notes and join if you're not. But if you are, then you already know that I recently did a Facebook Live on this topic and it was epic. You guys just came through, you were asking all these questions. And so I figured that I'd reformat it here and talk about it on the podcast. Um, I want to make sure that everybody has access to this information. I thought it was just a timely topic, so I wanted to revisit it here. Now, as an HR professional, as a career coach, as a salary strategist, I get women all the time talking to me about resumes. And typically, I don't necessarily spend time talking about resumes just by themselves because I personally believe that a resume is just one small part of your entire package. So, you know, I have limited amount of slots where I actually do resumes, you know, have resume services. It's not something that I advertise. I really focus on the full package, the full coaching. And of course, resumes, LinkedIn profiles, cover letters are a part of that. But I don't typically spend time talking about resumes specifically. But because I get so many questions and I don't know what's in the water right now, like I literally have been getting a lot of questions about resumes. People have been, you know, 
private messaging me on Facebook, DMing me on Instagram, sending me emails, like really trying to get in contact with me about resumes. So I really wanted to spend some time breaking down kind of my top tips for making sure that you have a resume that reflects just how amazing you are. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of top performers. I talk to a lot of women who are doing what the what they need to do, right? They're not slouches. They're not getting, you know, bad reviews at work. But there's a disconnect because their resume doesn't reflect how much they're worth. Their resume doesn't reflect how much value they bring to the table. And when you have a resume that isn't reflecting just how amazing you are, you are leaving coins on the table. And as a salary strategist, you know, ain't nobody got time for that. I do not believe in leaving coins on the table. So I want to break down the five common mistakes that I see a lot from resumes for top performers, right? And you may be thinking, well, if I'm a top performer, my resume is lit, right? It's what it needs to do. It's doing what it needs to do. It's great. Why do I need to change it? What mistakes am I making? What are you talking about? I'm not saying your resume is horrible. It's likely that it's not. I'm sure you're getting job offers. I'm sure you're getting invited to interview. All these things are happening. Maybe not at the rate that you want it to though, or maybe not for the roles that you want, but I want you to take your good resume and make it great. I want you to turn it up 10 notches so that you literally, every single time that you submit a resume, every single time you apply, you get called in for an interview. That's what I want the goal. That's what I want the outcome to be for you. And so that's why I wanna break down these five mistakes that top performers make that are really limiting their salaries, leaving coins on the table, and not allowing you to tap into your fullest earning potential. So that's what I want to talk through today. My top five salary limiting mistakes that top performers make. So the first one is that you your resume does not have a clear focus. It is not clear to the reader. And there are many levels to the readers that look at your resume. You know, your resume goes from an applicant tracking system, aka an ATS, to a junior coordinator, to a seasoned recruiter, to a hiring manager, to other random people, right? There's different people that look at your resume and they each need to understand what your focus is. And if you don't know what your focus is, if you don't know specifically what role you really are best suited for and what your next role should be or why that's the role that you want to be if you're if it's not clear to anyone on your resume then you're not going to get invited to interview and you're not going to get considered for these top paying roles if you're trying to make that leap and go on to making more money your resume needs to show and prove that, right? It needs to show that you are capable or you 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 should be considered for these roles. If it's not clear, if it's not focused, if it's not targeted, then you won't be. So you need to make sure that even before you sit down to update your resume, that you are clear on what your next step is, you're clear on what you're targeting, you're clear on why you're targeting it, and you're doing what it is you need to do to make sure that you portray that on your resume. So that's a mistake that I see a lot of top performers make. It's not clear. Like if I'm looking at your resume, it doesn't jump out to me, okay, yeah, based on this, I know what kind of role that she's applying for. I know what her next move is. I know what she wants to do next. If it's not clear to me, it's not gonna be clear to that junior coordinator. It's not gonna be clear to the hiring manager. You want it to be crystal clear to people, so you need to be clear and you need to be focused. 
The second mistake that you're likely making if you're a top performer on your resume is that you're not utilizing that area on your resume that I like to call the sweet spot. The sweet spot. Now, the sweet spot is that area right under your name and your like contact information right there where people typically put maybe an objective or a professional summary or random skills that don't really, you know, speak to just how impactful their career has actually been. That's the sweet spot. If you think about the fact that most recruiters spend just about six and a half seconds, six and a half to seven seconds looking at your resume, right? That initial pass through when they're like, okay, let's move this to the short list, literally just six and a half seconds or so. And so it's not really a lot of time for them to form an impression. And if you're wasting that valuable real estate up at the sweet spot and you're not making an impactful first impression, then you are really doing yourself a disservice. That sweet spot should list, if you're changing industries, if you're changing to another type of a role, it should list like, you know, an an objective, like a bang in your face objective one sentence or two sentences that are really explaining what what it is that you're looking for what you bring to the table and no it's not I'm a seasoned you know professional with 10 years of experience looking to blah 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 no it's not anything dry like that that makes my eyes glaze over as I'm reading your resume but it's really your opportunity to really these are my skills this is what I bring to the table this is why you know you need to talk to me it's your opportunity to do that and in the sweet spot if it's not being utilized correctly if you're not using you know relevant skills like you shouldn't have Microsoft Office in your sweet spot right you shouldn't have I'm a team player in your sweet spot that's not really showcasing your value of course you've been working for 10 years of course you know how to use Microsoft Office like that shouldn't even that that shouldn't even be a thing we know that already right Of course you're a team player. I'll see that through the rest of your resume. Utilize this sweet spot to talk to me specifically about what skills, you know, what roles you're looking for, what skills you have that are directly related to this role that you are applying for right now. So when you do that, that is what's going to stand out in that sweet spot and make me want to continue to read the rest of your resume or at least put you on the short list to come back to it at another time. So that's the second mistake. The third mistake is that you're focusing on your past and not your professional future. Now, you might be confused by that one and say, well, of course I'm focused on my past. This is my resume. It's a summary of my past experience. And so, yes, while you do need to outline what you've done in the past, the skills that you're highlighting, the things that you're focusing on should be geared towards where you're headed in the future. If you're applying for a managerial role and you were an individual contributor, focusing on all of the individual contributor things that you've done in your past is not going to help me as a hiring manager understand why you'd make a great manager. It just doesn't, it doesn't do that. So you need to dig into your past, dig into the things that you've done, dig into your experience and figure out how can you position your 
you know, your skills and the things that you've done, how can you position it to show me how you'll be a great manager? Make it be forward looking and forward thinking. That's how you stand out. That's how a resume for a top performer stands out. I need to understand how your skills relate to what it is you're trying to do. I don't need you to rehash what you've done in the past if what you've done in the past is no longer relevant for where you're headed in the future. And that is a huge mistake. A huge mistake that, you know, people make. This is what they make. And so when you're trying to get that next position, right, that position that pays you $25,000 more, it has more oversight, you you know, you have a seat at the table and all of this, and you're giving me a resume that's kind of highlighting things that people a level or two below would be doing, that's when you start to hear, oh, you know, your resume came off as a little bit too junior. Maybe you should apply for this role instead of that one. Or you don't hear back at all. And you're like, well, I could I really could have done well at that job. Why is no one calling me back? You got to look at how you're positioning yourself. And if you're focusing more on the past and not necessarily where you're headed in the future. All right. So the number four mistake that you're likely making If you are a top performer, you're not getting the the results that you want to get from your resume, you're probably making this mistake. Number four is that you are being too humble. You are not bragging on yourself and your accomplishments. There's something that I like that I call receipt verbs, receipts. So you want to show your receipts in your resume. And there's to me, there's specific verbs that you should be using. Um, when you b- breaking out your professional experience, all of your bullet points should start with verbs, right? You should start with some excitement and something that you're doing, but not just any old verb, right? I don't want to hear that you supported or you facilitated. Like, I don't want to hear those verbs. I want to hear verbs that are going to show me your receipts. I'm talking about things like what you achieved, right? What you created, who you mentored, right? I'm talking about verbs like what did you resolve and improve? That's what I want to see you starting off your experience with. These are things that are going to, like, if you start your your bullets with verbs like that, you have no choice but to continue it on with your receipts and really just, you know, quantify what you've done and give me those metrics and give me those numbers, right? Quantify what you've done through your receipts. I want quantifiable impact. I want to be able to measure the success that you've had. And as you start each bullet point with one of those receipt verbs that are going to quantify the success and the outcomes that you've had, then you are on the right track and you are, you know, really showcasing yourself in that high value, higher bracket, higher paying, you know, arena so that you'll be getting called back for those types of jobs. So that's number four. Now, the number five mistake that you are likely making that is limiting your salary um, on your resume is that you are not thinking like a hiring manager. You are thinking like yourself. You are thinking like, you know, you. (laughs) And And that probably sounds so counterintuitive. You're like, well, I don't even know who the hiring manager is. They're a complete stranger. Of course, I'm thinking like myself. How do I even think like a hiring manager? Remember, I told you that your resume gets passed around through so many different levels of people, right? And they each have different 
a different objective as they're looking through your resume. They each have a specific job. The ATS has a job to weed through people. The coordinator has a job. The resume has a job. The hiring manager also has a specific job. And the hiring manager's job is the most important because this is the person that you're going to be reporting to. This is the person that you're going to be working for. So if anything, like they're all important. And when I talk through how to really, you know, update your resume and, and, and you know, how, how to go about making this and tailoring this into avoiding these mistakes, you know, I talk through specifically how to, you know, make sure that you're tailoring your resume to all those people. But if you walk away with nothing else, you should know that the hiring manager is the most most important person in the process. They need to walk away and understand like what's in it for them. What are you going to bring to their team? How are you going to fill in whatever gaps that they have with your specific skill set? So you need to think like them and try to figure out what is it that they want and how you can give it to them. And how do you do that? Well, they gave you the answers to the test, right? They gave, it's an open book test and you have the answers and the cheat sheet is the job description. They've already told you exactly what they're looking for. They told you what skills they need, what qualifications they need. They told you what the job is it entails, right? So you need to use that to tailor your resume to that. And so when you're putting together your experience, when you're positioning the different things that you've done, when you're deciding which job to leave in and which one to take out and you know what's relevant for this role, use the job description as your North Star. Follow that. That is what the hiring manager is thinking about. And they want to see not just a list of responsibilities or a list of duties, but they want to see what were the outcomes? What was the success that you've had? So it all works together, right? As you're thinking like a hiring manager and thinking about what would they be looking for? When I look at this job description and I'm looking at what they're looking for, what they're saying that they should have, and I'm thinking about my past experience, I'm thinking about what I want to do next in my own career, you know, it's, this is a is this a intuitive conversation. This is a lot of introspection. A lot of times the reason why people, because people just like to be honest, they just, they don't like resume. They don't like writing resumes. They think it's boring. They think it takes forever and it's just so much stress and drama. And it's because they're looking about it. They think they're going about it in the wrong way. When you think about like this hiring manager is a human being. They're a person just like you. And so if you get down to the nitty gritty of what does this person want? What does, what is this person trying to achieve with this role? What skills do they need based on what I see in the job description? What skills make sense? What do they need? How can I be of service? What what has my past skill set done to prepare me for this role? I guarantee these are questions you have not thought about as you sat down to write your resume before. And if you really just begin to frame it in that way, it's less about this document that is like, oh my gosh, and the formatting and what I need to write. And you think, but start to think about it more about how can I market my skills to really make myself a no-brainer choice to come into interview? How can I do that? And so when you start to think a bit, think about it from the hiring manager's point of view, it's much easier to have everything flow and to have this, you know, have, and have this document that really reflects what you're trying to do, reflects your value, reflects your contributions, and makes you stand out. So those are the five salary limiting mistakes. I'm going to do a quick summary for you just to make sure you have everything. The first mistake that you're likely making is that you don't have a clear, focused, and targeted resume. The second one is that you're not utilizing that sweet spot properly. 
The third is that you're focusing on your past instead of your future. The fourth is that you're being too humble. You're not bragging on yourself and using those receipt verbs to really, you know, explain what it is that you've done. And number five is that you're not thinking like a hiring manager. In order for you to stand out in your job search process, in order for you to get called into every single interview that you apply for, in order for you to be a viable candidate for these roles that are $25,000 more, $30,000 more, $15,000 more, how much ever more you're trying to make, in order for you to be you know, taken seriously moving from an individual contributor to a people manager, all of these things, you've got to stop making these mistakes on your resume. And I know it, this could be hard to hear, right? You could be like, but I spent so much time on my resume. I've paid someone to do this for me. You know, I am a top performer. I, I'm really, you know, I don't understand why I would need to tear it down this way and start over. I'm telling you the results, what you put into your resume, into this process is exactly what you're going to get out. So I've had, I've had people come to me and say, I've spent hundreds of dollars on a professional resume writer, but I'm still not getting any results. No one is calling me back for interview. My, my resume looks great. I'm looking at it. It looks amazing. No one is calling me back. And when I just literally go through it, quick five-minute scan off the bat, I'm seeing some of these mistakes that are being made. And so with these slight tweaks, you can literally take a good resume, one that's there, maybe, you know, maybe 50-50 shot that you'll get called back, or maybe you're getting called back, but you're getting called back for roles that you're not necessarily interested in or that don't really excite you, right? Making these small shifts will take you, just take you to the next level, whereas like, oh my gosh, I'm being considered for these, you know, head roles and these, you know, you know, executive type roles and director of this and VP of that and really just taking yourself and your skills to the next level. So I know resumes are typically a boring topic. People typically don't like to talk about it, but I'm telling you, when you shift your mindset from thinking of it as a robotic document that needs to be in this format and I gotta do this, yes, that part, that stuff is important and it matters, right? But if you really think about it as, who is my intended audience? What is my objective? What is the goal here? How can I showcase, you know, my value and what I bring to the table? It just changes the game. So hopefully that makes sense and that resonates with you. Um, I really want to make sure that this is the year that you start to highlight and showcase your skills in the way that you should. So, you know, again, if you if you want to read up more about the show notes, if you want to get access to any additional information, go to yourcareergirl.com slash blog slash episode 34. So I hope that you enjoyed episode 34, talking about resumes. I know it's not a topic that I talk about a lot, but I felt like it was really important for me to take the time just to break it down for you. I want to make sure you're not making these mistakes on your resume. Now look, if you listen to this episode and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I made that mistake, I made that mistake, I made that mistake... Don't worry, all is not lost. I've created a brand new course. It is called Six Figure Resume, and I'm breaking down how to stop making those mistakes and so much more. I'm getting specific down into the nitty gritty. I give you, you know, cheat sheets and templates and, you know, 
receipt verbs that you can use, like all of these things that I mentioned today and much more. I really break it all down for you. I want you to learn the stress-free way to make hiring managers be obsessed with you. I want you to build a resume that makes you stand out from all the competition in your field. I want you to watch your inbox explode with interview invitations for those high-paying jobs that you actually want to take. So head on over to the show notes, okay? The course is Six Figure Resume. Go to yourcareergirl.com slash blog slash episode 34. Click that big button, sign up for Six Figure Resume. Let's make this the year that you are just snatching all those interviews and getting closer to that job that is really, you know, the job that you want and that's paying you what you know you deserve. All right? Now, if you enjoyed this episode, as usual, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. I truly appreciate it, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.